make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves. For thou shalt worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous god. 
lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods. And one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go a-whoring after their gods. Beloved, this is Chaplain Kevin Graves, and welcome once again to Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. Uh, I am your host every second and fourth Monday of each month. Tonight's topic is their wickedness has come up before me. Their wickedness has come up before me. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for another segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Lord, we thank you for those who are responsible for putting together Kingdom Empowerment, Dr. Gani, her husband, Lord, and the many others who have contributed to Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Lord, we thank you for their for their sacrifice. We thank you for their insight. We thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your sons and daughters in this hour. And Lord, we send out a special prayer for those loved ones who lost family members in Sutherland Springs, Texas, Lord, New York City in a terrorist attack, Lord, mass shootings uh, in Las Vegas and all over this country, Lord. We, Lord, we send out a, a, a prayer, and, Lord, we ask that you would give grace and comfort, Lord, to those who have lost family members in these mass shootings and, and terrorist attacks, Lord. And we just ask that, Lord, you would be glorified in the midst of calamity, that, Lord, you would be glorified even in the midst of your your your, your people, your sons and daughters going or whoring after other gods and, and, and engaging in idolatry, Lord. Lord, in this troubling time, Lord, we ask that, Lord, you would send messengers, prophets, Lord, that those remnant, Lord, that you have set forth, Lord, to bring light, Lord, to dark situations. And we, we just ask that, Lord, you would be glorified, that your kingdom would come, and that your will would be established in the lives of your people. We thank you for yet another day. We thank you uh, for another segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and the Lord's people say amen. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, uh, I just want to say thank you. Uh, for Dr. Ganny. Dr. Ganny, thank you for allowing me to uh, be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Um, it, is a, it is truly a blessing uh, to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio in this time, in this time of of uh, distress and in calamity and uncertainty, and people are wondering why, why, are people what goes through the mind of someone to commit uh, acts of terror against worshipers? Uh, what goes through the mind of a of a person to get into a vehicle and and and, and to run down innocent people, people who are just uh, taking a walk or riding their bicycle? What goes through the mind? 
of these individuals who commit these horrible acts and and there's no answer i, I you know they're, they're, you know we we can preach the scriptures and say well you know these are people who are demonically influenced to do these sort of things and and, and yes and i'm not saying that that's not true but sometimes uh when we search for a religious answer there's no there's no religious answer sometimes we just have to be human in time of trouble. We just have to just give a practical expression of of our love and our our concern and empathy and sympathy to to individuals who have lost family members because at times like this some people aren't looking for a religious answer. They're just looking just to be hugged, just to be comforted in some way. And uh and and in in light of these recent current events on Sunday afternoon and and last week uh uh just really illuminates of the fact that uh Jesus calls these times the beginning of sorrows. Uh these are very troubling times. Uh, I've seen an article uh, about mass shootings and and how the number of mass shootings are on the increase, and I look at this. In fact, I I, I uh, actually sent this message to myself, and and uh, I just had to take a look at it. it. It's noteworthy. It's something that we really need to pay attention to. And you know, yes, we could say yes. The world is spiraling out of control. It is it is, it is wicked and. And, in, and increasing in its wickedness. But there are many people who are uh, seeing these things take place and just continuing to go about uh, our daily lives as well as, as we should. We should not be paralyzed and, 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 and give in to what the terrorist demands are, and that's that we live a life of paralysis, and that we should not. But there are many people who are going about their daily lives without any thought of the coming judgment is what I'm trying to say. There are many people who are who are saying, okay, yes, we live in a wicked world. I think we know that by now. And, and, and not paying attention uh, that the signs are in place, that God is, is, is telling us to prepare ourselves for his coming. Uh, the Bible tells us that we are to prepare ourselves, as it says in uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. And uh, I began this segment by reading the scripture in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 34. And it's a very sharp and stern warning. And I love the word of God, especially uh, when the Lord gives us a warning. And and in uh, verse 12 of chapter 34 of Exodus, uh, the, I, I love the word. And Jesus even used the word, take heed to thyself. And that is the message uh, to the believer in this time, that we need to really take heed to ourselves. And even in our doing good, that we take heed to ourselves, that we're not doing it amiss, that we're not doing it uh, for some other reason. And it's very important. And, these, and the words seem very, very simplistic, but nevertheless, these are words that we really need to meditate upon. We need to take heed to ourselves. We need to be very, very careful and discern the heart uh, uh, that, that is going about uh, doing the things that we do on a regular basis. And, and with regards to this particular scripture, it's a warning. 
where the word of God says, take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. And, and we have to be very, con- we have to be very, very careful and conscious of what we're doing, that we are not in any way compromising the things of God, that we take heed to what has been given to us, that we take heed of the covenant, that we take heed to the instructions, that we take heed to to the laws that we have been given, the guidelines, the rules, the regulations. Uh, now, I'm not saying that we are uh, uh, bound under uh, a law that no man has ever kept. What God is saying, in essence, he says, take heed to what you have vowed. Take heed to that covenant that you have established with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because there are many people who say that they're serving God, but they have compromised in their heart. And in compromising in their heart, they send forth a strange doctrine. And God is, he, God is not mocked. And he is very, very strict. And he is very, very heavy-handed, and as the scripture says, that he is a jealous God. He will not partner himself with foreign gods. He will not partner himself with false doctrine. And we must, as believers, be very, very careful when it comes to this covenant-keeping God who is a God of righteousness, a God of truth, and a God of holiness. And he requires such from us. So it is important that we examine ourselves, that we take heed. And this is not just a message uh, for the Israelite, but this is also a message for those who are not walking in right relationship with God. For we know that the Israelites have done many horrible things when it, when, when it came to, uh, 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 as the scripture says, uh, the going a whoring after other gods and Israel has done Israel had done that and unfortunately uh in many cases continues to do so when when, when it comes to our relationship when it comes to being uh, uh in right relationship with God there was a time when yes Israel uh served other gods uh, uh there was a time of uh, uh where they have uh seen a tremendous move of God. They have they have seen the uh, the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the parting of the Red Sea as an example, uh, a provision in the wilderness when there appeared to be none. So the children of Israel uh, definitely had seen uh, the move of God in their lives. They have seen the power of God uh, through miracle signs and wonders. And what's really amazing and 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 this is nothing new because we see this today that even in the midst of seeing miracle signs and wonders we still go a whoring after those foreign gods why is is not the provision of the god of abraham isaac and jacob enough what is what more can he do what is it that he's not doing that 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 you would want to worship him and not go after other foreign gods what is he not doing or maybe there's something in us where we're just never satisfied maybe we believe but there's a part of us where there's unbelief where we're just not satisfied where we're just always wanting more 
when all we ever need and all we could ever want is in this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is in Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, it is man's nature to never be satisfied. It, it, it's like we, the Lord has shown us mighty wonders, but yet it's like we're never satisfied. And that was the case of the children of Israel in the wilderness. Okay, Lord provided them manna. Okay, he provided them food to the fill, uh, uh, to the full, excuse me. And they wanted, they cried out for water. Okay, great. And he provided them water out of uh, out of a flint of rock. So he he's always hearing. He is always there. He hears the cries of his people, whether it's physical food, whether it's spiritual food, to provide water out of a rock, provide uh, manna, uh, quail to the full. And yet these people, these stubborn, stiff-necked people still did not have enough. And they wonder why this God became so angry with them to the point of, 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 of causing serpents to come and strike them dead in the wilderness. So, and then we wonder why God gets so angry. Why? Because the scripture says that he is a jealous God. He, he is a God who, 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 who demands and commands our full attention. He's not jealous of us. He's jealous for us in a sense where he loves us so. And that when we have entered into a covenant with him, he doesn't like to be cheated on. Let, 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 let's liken it to a husband and wife relationship. Okay, if you're in a husband and wife relationship and your husband or your wife is unfaithful, how is that going to make you feel? It's going to make you feel angry. It's going to make you feel like, how could you do such a thing? We have an agreement. We have a covenant with one another. Okay, and in, and in case in some cases there's children, there's assets, but yet we go and do these things because we feel that we're not being satisfied, that there's something missing. So we go searching, and we look here and we look there. We want our needs, we want our flesh. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. We want our flesh satisfied because what we have is not enough. It's the same principle, whether it's our relationship with the Lord or our relationship with our husbands and our wives. And for a woman to, 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 to be unfaithful to her husband and for her husband to be unfaithful to his wife is a breach of that covenant. Why? Because we made a covenant the scripture says, when a man leaves his father and mother, he's joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. We've had this discussion before in our segments uh, dealing with relationship. So we must have a healthy understanding and a very good understanding of what covenant means. And unfortunately, today we don't know. And a lot of us, we not only break the covenant with our husbands and our wives, but we also break our covenant with God when we make a vow. A lot of us, we don't understand what it means to to make a vow to the Lord. As Jephthah found out, when he made a vow to the Lord, okay, the Lord answered his 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 uh and, and you can find this and you can find this in Judges where Jephthah made a vow. Okay, he asked the Lord he asked the Lord of a thing. The Lord followed through and then also 
Jephthah's vow, he says, whoever comes through this front door, when he returns, person shall be offered up as a burnt offering. Now, did Jephthah know that his daughter was going to go through that front door? Obviously not. And if he had known that it was his daughter, maybe he would have had second thoughts about making such a vow. So what am I saying here? Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you say. Because when you enter into a covenant with the Lord, this covenant, as he is a covenant-keeping God, he, he, he also commands and demands that we also be faithful as he is faithful. Husbands, be faithful to your wives. Wives, be faithful to your husbands. So what does this have to do with my topic? I just thought I'd go there. Well, this issue of wickedness is something that has come up and we see it uh, not just throughout Scripture, but we also see the case of wickedness even in our present day. We see the case of wickedness in the children of Israel. We see the case of wickedness uh, in the case of uh, uh, one of the minor prophets uh, where the Lord had told his prophet Jonah to arise and to go into Nineveh to preach against the city. Why? Because their wickedness has come up before him. Now, this great city, as the Lord had called it, was a place that Jonah, uh, one of the minor prophets of the Bible, um, you know, I don't necessarily like calling them minor prophets, but in this case, uh, it's a shorter book uh, compared to, uh, let's say, uh, the book of Isaiah and the book of Jeremiah, just to give you a little explanation. Uh, behind that, but nevertheless, the Lord had uh, had sent had uh, had a a, a purpose uh, for the son of Amittai, Jonah, uh, to go and to preach uh, against this city, this uh, what the Lord had called a great city. This was an Assyrian city. This was a city that did not uh, a city and a people. Uh, that did not worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But this was a city that, that was uh, pagan in its worship. That notwithstanding, the Lord uh, had a purpose, uh, and I'm sure a plan, uh, for the city of Nineveh and for the people of Nineveh. And he sent his manservant, uh, Jonah, and told him to arise and, and, and go uh, into the city of Nineveh and, and preach against it, for their wickedness has come up before the Lord. Uh, Jonah, in his stubbornness, and many of us know the scripture already, uh, decided to go into Tarshish and, and not go into Nineveh. And, and because of his disobedience, uh, there, uh, there was a, uh, a, a boisterous and tempestuous uh, a storm uh, that, that, that came uh, when he had entered into a boat. He was in the bottom of the boat and uh, while the men or the mariners are are trying to uh, combat and, 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 and keep the ship from going down, Jonah's in the bottom of the ship resting, and a man comes to him and says, uh, uh, Arise, uh, uh, what meanest thou, O sleeper? Call upon thy God that, that we perish not. And Jonah, uh, knowing the situation and knowing why the storm had come about, uh, because of his disobedience, uh, asked the mariners to cast him overboard, and they, and so they did. And um, uh, he was swallowed up by a great fish. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, Jonah had repented of his disobedience, 
and uh, was spat out of this great fish. Many of us say, oh, well, it must have been a whale. At least the Bible doesn't say it was a whale. It says a great fish. So uh, not just a great fish, but a, a great fish that was prepared by the Lord. And with that, uh, Jonah uh, being uh, vomited out of this great fish onto dry land, uh, then went forth to, again, preach and uh, preach against the city and telling the city of uh, Nineveh, this great city, to repent. And the king uh, covered himself with sackcloth and commanded and decreed, if you will, that a fast, uh, that no man, uh, no man, no woman, nor beast, eat nor drink anything, and that uh, there should be a time of fasting uh, and prayer so that the Lord would uh, repent of his fierce anger against this great city of Nineveh. So uh, now, you know, many of us think that, oh, you know, why, you know, why would the Lord do this? I mean, these were pagan worshipers. They didn't care anything about uh, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, you know, they were doing their own, they went their own way. They did their own thing. These were Assyrians. These were not Israelites. Well, you know, amazing when we think of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and uh, when we think uh, there are many times uh, when he could have destroyed the Israelites because of their wickedness, because of their disobedience. You know, I, I love the scripture where the Lord says that he will have mercy on, excuse me, he will have uh, compassion on whom, he ha on whom he will have compassion, and he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. That is the heart of God. It is not his will that we perish. It is not his will that we be destroyed. He is a God of compassion. He is a God of mercy. And this is his heart. And this is his character. And he even said it to Jonah. He made it very, very clear to Jonah. He says, uh, he says to Jonah, should I not spare Nineveh? That great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. And these were people, again, who were not Israelites. But the Lord had it in his heart to spare this great city who did not serve him. But the Lord repented of his of his anger. Why? Because the people of Nineveh, the king of Nineveh, and the people of Nineveh, and, and even the animals showed, uh, okay, th th there was a great outpouring of repentance. And there was a demonstration of repentance. So when God sees, and the evidence of this, we see it in Scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, the Lord says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their, and heal their land. So this demonstration moved the heart of God. God is not moved by just words. He is moved by demonstration of repentance, demonstration of fervency of prayer. Fasting, sacrifice This is why we fast This is why we pray Case in point Go with me To Ezekiel Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 3 And this is just another Example Of what 
the prophet has called his people to do and what he's called us to do today. This was just an example to follow. Ezekiel chapter 3, and I'll pick it up at verse 17. The word of God says, Son of man, I have, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, thou speakest, excuse me, when I say unto the wicked, Thou, thou shalt surely die, and, give, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. I'm going, to read, I'm going to read that again, and this is why we evangelize, and this is why we go out. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he not, and turn not from he and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. So we have a responsibility to warn the wicked. Again, when God sends a message to his prophets saying, yes, their wickedness has come up before me, preach against them, that prophet that manservant, that woman servant, has a responsibility to warn the wicked of their wickedness. As difficult as this may be, as damaging and maybe even dangerous as this may be, we have a responsibility as sons and daughters to bring this wickedness to the attention of the wicked. Why? So that God would have mercy on their soul. The word of God says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people right now who are perishing in their wickedness. And honestly, they don't care. They don't care anything about your God. They don't even care anything about, they don't even want to hear from you. They know you go to church. They know you, you go to church every Sunday and, and during the weekday. But they don't hear anything about it. They're like, please, don't preach to me. Go the other way. And you know what? They can't say, those individuals, whoever they may be, cannot say that they did not hear. Now, whether they choose to hear it is up to them. It is our responsibility to plant the seed. You do not want blood on your hands. So we have a responsibility, no matter how difficult. Lord, I don't want to go into this, increase, this wicked city. I don't want to do it. These people, they hate your prophets, Lord. In fact, they've even killed your people, Lord. How is it that you can ask uh, uh, this thing of me? Look at the case of the Apostle Paul. Look, a man who created, a, a man who, who, who put a, who, who defined evil, okay? He is the definition, the very definition of evil. But yet God had a purpose for the Apostle Paul. And we can find this in the, in the Acts of the Apostle, chapter 9. Acts of the Apostle, chapter 9. Where God called the Apostle Paul his chosen. This was a man who, who was a persecutor of the Christian people. But yet God, in his infinite wisdom. Now this must have been a very, very difficult thing for Ananias to do. He said, but Lord, you're asking me to go to this man? 
This man who persecutes your people, do you know what you're asking me to do? But yet God is saying, yes, I understand his past, and I understand what he's done. But this man is one of my chosen vessels. This man, okay, who I'm going to put in very difficult circumstances, this man is going to preach to the Gentiles. This man is going to preach to the Jews, okay? This man is going to open doors. This man is going to heal the sick. This man is going to cast out demons in my name. So, yes, I know it's uh, – you may think it's uh, uh, something that, that can be, that's probably considered to be suicide. And I'm sure the Lord, you know, is saying, like, yes, I know it's difficult, my son, but trust me. Trust me. This is what I'm calling you to do. So, my brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm sharing all of this with you in this increasingly wicked, evil time. That God is going to call you to do things. He's going to go. He's going to call you to go into the highways and the hedges to preach the gospel to people who you never thought you would ever preach the gospel to, to people who you say, "Lord, I can't go there." Well, He's not asking you to do it in your own strength. He's asking you to trust Him and to be and 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 to do it and know that the Spirit of God will 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 give you the words to say, and He will be with you. As he's given us the, 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 the scripture to say that we are to go forth and preach the gospel. And then in so doing, the spirit of God will be with us to do what? To heal the sick, to cast out demons in Jesus' name. So as difficult as this assignment may be in this increasingly wicked time, we have been given a mandate. We have been given a commission to go and preach the gospel. And with that said, it is approximately 7.33 p.m. I would love to open up the phone lines for anyone who has any uh, questions or comments uh, regarding tonight's topic, which is their wickedness has come up before me. Their wickedness has come up before me. If there's any callers on the line, uh, uh, man or woman of God, uh, you're on the air. Any questions or comments at this time? If there's no questions or comments, then... Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How are you, woman of God? Doing well, thank God. Thank God. I just wanted to say something in reference to um, your topic tonight. Um, what is it? I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, talking about wickedness, uh, a lot of times... Um, I've been getting beginning to make this observation more and more that there are many people that don't feel that they're living in sin. Um, they don't feel that they're living in wickedness, um, that they have committed transgression against the Lord or living in iniquity. Uh, and why, I, why do I say that? The scripture reminds me <clears throat> and says that there's a way that seems right to men. But after that is, is destruction and death. And so oftentimes, a lot of times, people feel that their ways is right and what they're doing is okay. So they don't necessarily see their, they have fallen short, short or um, they're living their life in sin or there's wickedness present. I'm talking about some now. And um, as a result of that, um, people don't feel the need to repent. And 
this is also uh, 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 this is also uh, one of the reasons why uh, people keep living in that wickedness is because there's no conviction. So the reason why uh, wickedness continues to happen uh, is because the lack of conviction, and whenever there's no Holy Spirit, I hope I'm, I'm making sense to you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank okay. Yes. Because there's no uh, Holy Spirit in them, or, or the lack of conviction thereof, um, they don't see their wickedness because pride has taken preeminence over the pre- over the presence. Amen. So pride takes preeminence over presence, the presence of God, which then results in people feeling that their ways is right. They don't feel they need to repent. They don't see what they're doing wrong. Well, there are others who uh, uh, just kind of completely put the blame on God. You know, I recently heard someone say, you know, um, if God is God, then why does he allow all these bad things to happen? And really, they're not realizing that it's a result of the sin and wickedness that inflicts this sort of um, uh, a backlash towards them. Because whatever man sowed, that all shall reap. So it reminds me of, of a scripture in Ezekiel chapter 18, where it says, uh, "Yet you say, yet saith the house of Israel, the ways of the Lord is not equal." And he says, O house of Israel, are not my ways equal? Are not your ways unequal? That's Therefore, right. I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity should not be in your room. Uh, and, and really, that's, that sums it all up, that people like to put the blame on God. But if God is so mighty, so powerful, so loving, and so strong, why why do you allow all this happen? No, it's a result of your wickedness. It's a That's result what? of sin that causes this. Um, and unless we repent, as I said, unless we repent and turn away from our transgressions, um, our the, our iniquity is going to be our ruin. So mm. a lot of times we're seeing that our our lives is in ruins and our lives is in rubble. And we're in need of restoration. And instead of repenting, we quick, we're quick to blame uh, God for it. And, and that's always been the nature of mankind is to put the blame on someone. We even see that in, in, you know, in the book of Genesis where uh, Adam put the blame on Eve. Now here mm. he is in Ezekiel. Uh, mankind is putting the blame on God. No one wants to take accountability for their actions to say, I messed up. I did it wrong. Uh, and as a result of that, we keep going around the mountain. And that's because we lack the presence of God. When you mm-hmm. lack the presence, then there's going to constantly be um, uh, this, this uh, 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 ruins that we go through. So really, it's a matter of uh, us seeing, us seeing uh, ourselves and the spectrum of how God sees us and say, Lord, fix me. Any areas where I, I fall short um, and things are not going accordingly, uh, fix me. So it's really, it's a matter of humility. And that's just what I want to share. Amen. Thank you, woman of God. 
Thank you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you said a mouthful there. You know, uh, what comes to mind is, uh, yes, you, you know, you know, there's a proverb that says, you know, there, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof <laughs> are the ways of death. <coughs> it's true, because in our minds, in our minds, let's say we have an individual, look, uh, I take care of my family, um, I pay my taxes, um, I'm a good person, uh, you know, I don't cheat, I don't steal, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't use profanity, uh, I'm, I'm a good person, I really am, and uh, so... But again, it's it's amazing. There is a way which seems right unto a man, and 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 that is what we fasten ourselves to when we measure ourselves to Charles Manson, you know, or um, someone like that. Um, well, I didn't do those things. Here's a person who manipulated and controlled people and 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 did horrible things. Uh, uh, that is a person who is uh, uh, deserving of the wrath of God. Uh, well, mm, who's to say that someone like that won't repent? Our righteousness, and that's the problem, I think I just said it, we are, we are self-righteous. And we can, when when it comes to God, we have no clue. Uh, we may have an idea. Um, we there are many of us that don't want to uh, adhere to any rules or regulations of any religion, organized religion, a church. Uh, uh, many people uh, either have had bad experiences, uh, so therefore. Um, when they say, well, you talk about me being wicked, well, look at your church. I mean, there's wickedness in the church. So you're going to judge me and say I'm wicked, but look at the wickednesses going on within uh, many houses of worship. So there are many people who are going to fall upon that yoke of self-righteousness and say, well, you're in no position to say, uh, call me a sinner uh, and I'm on my way to hell, and, and uh, well, what are you doing? Well, 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 maybe you're doing something that's even worse than what I'm doing. And it becomes a contest of who's the worst sinner. And it, when it comes to the righteousness of man and the righteousness, righteousness of God, it's two different things. It really is, it is as different as oil and water. Um, but that is man's way of very coolly, dismissing any sort of relationship or, as you said, any sort of indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm okay. Uh, I'm good. Uh, I don't need what you're offering. I don't need your pamphlets. I don't need your church service. Uh, I don't need your tracts. I'm okay. Uh, But when it comes to examining ourselves through the lenses of our Creator, a lot of people would be shocked of what they would see. Now, now there's a lot of. Now I'm not saying that there's a lot of bad people out there. Sure, there are, and there's a lot of genuinely good, caring, loving people, and 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 they have a beautiful smile, and they contribute to humanity, and they give to charity, and they give bountifully 
to charities, and they're genuinely good people, and that's great. But there's a lot of people out there who, unfortunately, do not know God, don't care about the Lord, and don't want to be connected to any organized religion, and they don't want it because they feel in their mind, I got it. I don't need what you're offering. And I go back to the garden when the serpent had presented Eve, excuse me, Adam and Eve knew the instruction of what God said. They both knew. Now, here comes the serpent with an introduction and a question. Are you sure? Well, and bringing, in essence, the word of God and everything that they knew into question. God had given them instruction, the day that thou eatest of the tree, of the, uh, the, the day that thou eatest of the tree, uh, uh, or, or eatest of the tree from the, or eatest from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. Now, here comes the serpent coming in there. Well, thou shalt not surely die, but the day that thou eatest, Thou shalt know between good and evil. So now it's like, wow, hmm, okay. Is the Lord holding something back here? You know what? Let me try it. And then sin and the transgression and everything that sin is about and all of the fallout of sin has now come into play. So now the, now, so now the naked Adam and Eve are now in a position where they have now acknowledged their nakedness and they've hidden themselves knowing full well that they have transgressed. So, again, my point here is that you have something that is introduced. You have the wickedness of the serpent. You have the the, the subtlety and the deception of the serpent coming into play to now contaminate that which is pure and now this is the and of course this is the condition that we are faced with today. So when we talk about wickedness and you say someone and you say to someone, "Oh, you're wicked," they will rebuke you. They'll be like, "Uh, what are you talking about? What do you mean I'm wicked?" Okay. In the sight of a sovereign God, are we holy? And we need to examine ourselves. He said, "Yes, according to your understanding, you're holy. You you got it all together." But what about in the eyes of God? What is, what is he saying regarding us? Forget about what other people are saying about you. Sure, you're going to have people pat you on the back and say, oh, you're such a good man. You're such a good woman. Uh, 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 yes, we need more of you. But what is God saying about you? What is he saying about you? What is he saying about those things that you do in secret? That, again, you're such a good person. You don't do anything wrong. Your slate is completely clean. You're pure. You're as white as snow. But what is God saying concerning you? And this is what's so difficult for a lot of people because, uh, you know, <laughs> to have a prophet, to, to have a prophet of God, a man, a woman, a servant, come to someone and says, you know, the Lord is not pleased with this, and the person says, what? What are you talking about? And they know exactly what that person's talking about, but they're saying, wow, I didn't even know that. 
God knows what we do in secret. There's nothing we cannot hide from him, my brothers and sisters. You can be just a model citizen. You cannot hide what you do in secret from the Lord. So, yes, people may be patting you on the back, giving you awards for your righteousness, for your self-righteousness. But God sees the heart. He knows that our hearts are deceitfully wicked. He knows that we are deceitful. He knows that, yeah, we, 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 we have a mask, and, and we, 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 we put that mask on when there are people around us so that they could see, ah, so that's who Chaplain Kevin is. But when I go home and I take off the mask, I'm someone completely different. You don't think God doesn't see that? My brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people out there who have beautiful smiles, who do great things, but behind closed doors, they're living a double life. God sees that, that portion of wickedness. Well, I don't live a double life. <laughs> okay. All right. All I'm saying is this, is if you, if you care, if your salvation, if you care anything about salvation, if you care anything about your, your, your place in the kingdom of God, you will, you will routinely ask the Lord, say, Lord, check me. Your word says that, hey, your word says that the human heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Lord, check my heart each and every day. Don't become so self-righteous that you don't check yourself each and every day. That, that, that you don't say, Lord, give me a checkup. You go to the doctor, I'm sure, many of you who have health insurance, and if you don't have it, well, well please uh, uh, do whatever you can to, to get yourselves uh, uh, check, uh, 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 checked out by a doctor because we need our physicals. We need to know that everything is, is working properly. If we go to the doctor and we go for a physical, and the doctor says, okay, everything's okay, terrific. And we go away saying, all right, great, I'm, I'm in good health. Well, let's take this to the, to the uh, top doctor, the chief surgeon, if you will, Jesus Christ, and says, Lord Jesus, is everything okay? Is my heart, am, am I in good standing with you? And he says, go ahead, my good and faithful servant, okay, terrific. The Lord says we're okay, then we're okay, we're in good standing, to God be the glory. So we're not just in good standing physically, but also spiritually. It's very important that we do this, that we not become so self-righteous, that we don't go in for a spiritual checkup. So with that being said, um, I do want to open up the phone lines for the remaining uh, 15 minutes of our program. Here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio, if there's any additional questions or comments on tonight's topic, which is their wickedness has come up before me, uh, caller, you're on the air for any additional uh, closing uh, comments or questions at this time. Hi, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just wanted to say something really quickly um, in reference to what you shared. Um, about a lot of people who feel as though you're you're judging them. Um, I've come to find that, <coughs> excuse me, not only myself sure. but a few other ministers have um, shared the same 
uh, insight and, and opinion um, that, or experience rather, I should say it's experience, that um, whenever the Lord would give them a word to correct someone in love, keyword, correct someone in love because of their wickedness, their iniquity, um, something that they're guilty of that someone want to address or fix in their life. The first thing that comes out of their mouth is don't judge me or who do you think you are. Uh, uh, they would flip the script on you rather to make it seem like the one who's doing the correcting is the self-righteous one. Right. You're the one that's self-righteous. You're the one that's legalistic. Who do you think you are? You think you're better than me. Hmm. You don't think you're saying. So what happened is that now they're not receptive to what the word of the Lord is saying because they're so caught up with the messenger and they're not seeing the message. When really it re- what it requires is self-evaluation. That if someone says X, Y, and Z and they say it in the spirit of love, again, key words, then, then that's something that you definitely want to consider and say, well, let me examine myself. Let me look within myself. Is there an area where I'm deficient? Is there an area where I fall short? But now people are, don't want to hear from a prophet or a prophetic word or from a leader or from anyone at all that God speaks to to give the person the message. The first thing you would hear is uh, don't be judgmental or you think you're better. So really it's, it's not taken in, in, in good spirit. Is not taken with the spirit of, of meekness. And, uh, again, these are things that God wants for us to look within ourselves. But I'm going to say, again, a key word is that if we're, doing, uh, if we're doing that to address someone concerning uh, their wickedness, is to always do it in the spirit of love. There are some individuals that will listen. But it really sometimes it's a matter of approach. And then also sometimes you may even approach them in love and they still won't receive you. Now that you're not responsible for. You're, you just have to do your part. <laughs> and we're never really responsible for how a person reacts to the word that you tell them as long as it's done in the spirit of love. And in doing that, the spirit of love would then come and illuminate those shortcomings, will come and illuminate those areas where that needs to be fixed. Only if their heart is open for it, their mind is receptive, and, and, and their will is active. Other than that, people will not receive what, what you have to say. It's a, it's a condition of the heart. And that's all I want to say in closing. Woman of God, thank you. And uh, it's always great hearing from you and your feedback and your sharing. Uh, and, and you're right. You're right. It, 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 it's your approach. and. You know, I want to clear something up as well. You know, I, I hear the same thing. Correct. Yes. You know, oh, don't judge me. Um, or oh, oh, who are you to judge? You know, the Bible says not to judge. Wrong. Actually, the Bible didn't say that. In fact, Jesus even said, that, went, see, to me, that's actually a very common misconception or misunderstanding of, of the Bible when it comes to judging. Uh, Jesus never said not to judge. He never says that. What Jesus said was it is important that you be careful and discerning in your judgment. There's a difference. He never said not to judge because there were judges of the Old Testament 
okay, Moses, Aaron, okay, Joshua. Jesus judged. We judge today. The difference is how you're going about doing it like the woman of God said. How, is it done? What spirit is in operation while you're judging? Because you can judge someone falsely. You can judge someone erroneously. You, you can judge someone prejudicially. Pre, excuse me, prejudicially. So it's important, as the woman of God said, to check yourself. Check your heart. Where are you when it comes to your judging individuals? So, and I'll say it again, Jesus never said not to judge. It is important, my brothers and sisters, that we be careful in our assessments, that we be careful in our dealings with one another, that we're not doing it with the wrong motive, that we're not doing it, as I said, prejudicially, that we're not doing it erroneously. It's important that we do it with the heart of Christ, that we're doing it in fairness, and that we're doing it in love, that we're gathering as much information as we can before rendering a decision, okay? Because in the court of law, you have a plaintiff, and you have a defendant, and you have a judge. When you go before that court, you have to make a case. You make your case, both sides make a case, present their arguments to the judge, Judge renders a decision based on evidence. So it's important that we not we do not rush to conclusions. We jump to conclusions and we say, "Oh yeah, well, so and so must have done it." Yeah, yeah, I know. I yeah, mm-hmm, that sound like them. That sound like that person. No, that's how mistakes happen. That's how feelings get hurt, and that's when people say, "Don't judge me." Because those individuals that say that, chances are they may have been hurt at some point. At at some point in time, maybe they were judged wrongly. So therefore, when someone judges me, say, oh, don't, don't, don't judge me. Well, I know one thing. I would much rather have man judge me than have God judge me. Because the judgment of God is a heavy judgment. And I would much rather adhere and say, Lord, okay, I am not right with you. And, Lord, I want to get back into right relationship with you. There are some things that I have done in secret that I am not proud of. And, Lord, uh, uh, if I have done anything, I'm playing Zacchaeus now. (laughs) If I have done anything uh, uh, that is not exactly uh, uh, to your liking, Please have mercy on me. Forgive me. Zacchaeus, knowing full well what he did, but he knows. But of course, he worded it in such as to say, "Well, uh, Lord Jesus, you know, if I've done anything, uh, he knows what he did." And we all know what we do as well. So, uh, as much as we think we're 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 hiding our our our, our sin and our, our our disobedience or anything that we feel that mm, we don't want God to see, uh, well, we can't hide anything from the Lord. He knows. He knows our heart. He knows the type of people we are. And he knows we have that propensity to sin. We have that tendency to go backwards. So with that said, 
my brothers and sisters, with about four minutes left. Um, I want to conclude there, and I also want to say uh, that if there is anyone uh, who is in need of prayer, um, I can be reached at, uh, I'll give you my email address, which is pkwgraves at gmail.com. Again, that's pkwgraves, my last name, at gmail.com for any additional questions or comments uh, and, and also prayer requests as well. Um, this is a very, very difficult time. There's a lot of people who who think uh, that they're in right standing with the Lord. They think that they're doing everything that uh, God requires and that um, they're okay. Uh, but God is seeing something completely different. And uh, he's seeing a church that is, uh, and, and a bride that, that, that is at times lukewarm and not prepared, uh, vacillating, uh, uh, preaching false doctrine. And God will have none of this. He will not partner himself with, with wickedness. So my brothers and sisters, uh, it is important that each and every day that we check ourselves, that we go in for a, a spiritual checkup, that we ask the Lord, say, Lord, uh, uh, where am I with you? Am I in right standing with you? And if you know that there's something that is uh, not pleasing to the Lord and you're still holding on to that thing, whatever it is, if you're still living in sin, uh, if you're still uh, fornicating, if you're still doing those things that, that, that God is not pleased with, I implore you right now, my brothers and sisters, go before God, repent, repent while you still have breath in your body, do not die with that sin in your heart. Do not die with unforgiveness in you. Do not die with idolatry still in you. Do not die, okay, in, 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 in a sinful state, in a state that, that is not pleasing to God. Perhaps you have a tr perhaps you have an issue of racism. Perhaps uh, you you have an issue with certain groups of people. Um, do not die with this in your heart. Do not, do not, I implore you, get on your knees before God, lay down, prostrate before God and say, Lord, cleanse my heart, cleanse my lips, Lord, make me whole again, Lord. Lord, this, this, this hatred in my heart, this self-hatred in my heart, Lord, this is not of God, Lord. You have not called me to live like this. You've called me to love, Lord, to love unconditionally. So this is a time of purging. This is a time of purification. This is a time of consecration before God. Get right before God before it's too late is what I'm trying to tell you. Get your house in order. My brothers and sisters, this, this is Chaplain Kevin Graves uh, signing off. Uh, once again, I'm with you every second and fourth uh, Monday of each month. In closing, I'd like to thank Dr. Ganny and her husband for once again allowing me for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. I'd like to thank the Woman of God uh, uh, for for uh, sharing and contributing to Kingdom Empowerment Radio tonight. Uh, thank you, Woman of God, for your contribution. Uh, God bless you, and it's always a pleasure hearing from you. And for anyone else uh, who was a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio tonight, God bless you. I hope uh, this topic tonight. Their wickedness has come up before me, really blessed your heart, really impacted you moving forward. 
And uh, I just want to say that uh, God has a purpose for you, my brothers and sisters. Do not leave this world not uh, having discovered what God has called you to do. Do not leave this world having not discovered what God has called you to do. Um, uh, Apparently there's a caller on the line. Um, There's anyone who has any additional comments, comments or questions? Okay. God bless you. Again, this is Chaplain Kevin Graves. Uh, I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. Uh, Thank you for joining me tonight, and I'm looking forward to uh, being with you once again on Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. God bless you, and have a good evening. Bye now.